What's up, everyone? It's Chris from Street Profits Outreach Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of this year's podcast. The first episode was a little rusty, but it's kind of like riding your motorcycle after being cooped up all winter. It takes a little bit of practice before it's perfect again. Last episode, we talked about the call to discipleship. Follow me. And what, what Jesus meant by that. This week, we're going to talk about the commitment it takes to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me begin by asking you this. How many Christians do you know? It's a pretty difficult question, right? Nowadays, everybody seems to have had some kind of an experience with the Lord, and some of them might sound a little something like this. Well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I was baptized when I was a baby, and I go to church with my parents, so I'm still good, right? Or... I attend church on a regular basis, as long as I'm not too hungover from going to the club the night before. Or how about this one? I used to go to church all the time, but I had falling out with the pastor, so I don't go anymore. I'm more spiritual than religious anyway. Or this one. I go to church as often as I can. I serve in my church, I belong to a community group, and I feel like I'm part of a family there. So, if there's so many Christians in the world, why has it grown so dark? We're living in the darkest days America's ever known. Our children are being bombarded with the world's influence, things like drugs, alcohol, sexual perversion, greed. They've all found this prominent place in modern society. The simple truth is, our nation has become so dark due to an absence of light. Now, we can sit back and complain all we want. But we're not the first society or culture to deal with this utter darkness, the darkness of sin. There have been a lot of times of devastating darkness through the history. Think about it, the persecution of the early church, the dark ages. But despite those times of darkness, we've heard the gospel message. The word of God prevailed in the lives of so many who refused to succumb to the evil influences of the world. We're here today because somebody made the choice to live for God. There's so much that could be said about need in America, but the one thing America needs above all else is Jesus Christ. This will never happen as long as the Church of Christ sits idly by and watches the world sink deeper into sin. It's my prayer that the born-again believers of this world and all the congregations will rise to this occasion. We need more than just transparent, run-of-the-mill Christians going through the motions. We need those who have been changed and are committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. I want you to consider the principles Jesus revealed in Luke 9, 23-26 as we think on the commitment to discipleship. The purpose of life. Verse 23. He said to all of them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. There are so many who are truly saved, but they're accomplishing very little for the Lord. Their spiritual lives are no different today than they were at the minute of salvation. And I'm not going to lie, I was one of those guys for a really long time. But I want you to think about this for a minute. There's a choice involved here. If any man will come after me, clearly this involves a personal choice. The word means to desire to resolve, or to determine. The first thing we have to do is determine in our hearts that this is our desire. It's our desire to follow Christ. This is a deliberate choice, and it's determined 
It's a determination to resolve and follow Jesus. Now, I don't know what you want out of life, but I want to live a life that pleases my Lord. The text has spoken to me. This, this verse, these verses, they speak to me. There are times when I can do fairly well, but there are other times when my resolve just, it isn't what it should be. Have things gotten bad enough for us to determine in our hearts to make a difference and live for God? If they haven't, I really don't know what it's going to take. There's constraint involved in this. Let him deny himself. That is to disown, forsake, reject, restrain, or simply do without. These are strong words. They carry the idea of subduing our flesh, our desires, and disregarding what the flesh would have us do. It isn't easy for to forsake ourselves, to restrain the flesh, and to do without our desires. I don't know if you ever tried it. I have a hard time with it. I struggle with it every single day. But do you realize that we are our own greatest hindrance? Sure, we like to give Satan credit for so many things that happen to us. But so often, he doesn't have anything to do with it at all because we do things to ourselves. It's not Satan's fault, it's ours. We did that thing of our own free will. I'm going to let that sink in for a second because that's going to sting. I know it's going to hurt. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, 18-21. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what keeps on going. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who want to do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do something right, evil lies close at hand. Can you relate to what Paul is describing here? Sure, we all can. Paul fought some of the same battles we deal with every day. We wake up each morning facing a battle with the flesh. When we're saved, we become a new creature in Christ, but the flesh wasn't saved. It still carries those same sinful desires. So much of the problem with our Christian influence is that we have a problem denying our own flesh. I realize that it's much easier said than done, but that's what Jesus requires. Now, denying ourselves involves more than just laying aside a few of our old habits or desires. We're supposed to bring ourselves, our whole being, into subjection of the Lord. By saying no to myself, I'm saying yes to Jesus. When we can do that, it allows Jesus the freedom to rule and reign in our lives. The cross has to be involved with this. Let him take up his cross daily. We might do fairly well up to this point, but here is what most Christians draw the line. This is where people are just like, whoa, wait a second. Take a minute and just consider the thoughts that must have ran through other people's minds as Jesus made this statement. They were no strangers to Roman crosses and those awful crucifixions. In that day, the roads would often be filled with crosses of men hanging there dying. The cross was a cruel instrument of death. 
You see, I had always looked at this verse as Jesus was expecting me to bear my burdens, and there's an application for that. There's much in life that we have to endure for the cause of Christ. God often uses the time of difficulty uh, to mature our faith and to conform us to this image of his son. We must bear our burdens, um, but remember the cross is an instrument of death. Take up your cross doesn't involve only bearing our burdens, it involves dying to ourselves. Romans 6.6, 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live in my flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Or Romans 12 and 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. There's commitment involved here, folks. There's an important word recorded in Luke's account that isn't found in any of the other Gospels. We want to take up our crosses daily and follow Jesus. This is not for the convenient Christian or for shallow counterfeits. This is for those who are genuinely committed. We're supposed to die out to ourselves, and here it is, daily. Let the flesh go. Let the sin go. If you're messed up, ask for forgiveness and start again. The phrase, follow me, means to be a follower or a companion or to be a disciple. It has the idea of actively seeking fellowship with Christ and reflecting his likeness. We're here to seek after the Lord with a desire to become more like him daily. This isn't just some idle task, though. We can't follow Christ without action. It will require effort and work on our part. The flesh has no desire to follow Jesus, and it certainly doesn't want to become like him. There will be many obstacles there that we just we face these obstacles, but we have to be determined to overcome them. The light in the world is much brighter if Christians would just follow Christ. Strip away all the man-made garbage and just follow Jesus. Keep in mind, we have to first make that conscious choice to deny ourselves and take up our cross before we follow the Lord. Salvation is a free gift. But living for the Lord requires sacrifice. Are you willing to pay the price for the needs of our day? The second part of scripture, verse 24-25, Jesus reveals this paradox, a seeming contradiction, but in fact, it's truth. Notice Luke 9-24, for whoever will save his life will, will lose it, but for whoever loses his life, for my sake, will save it. I know this world looks at us and wonders, why do we do what we do? Why would anyone deny themselves the pleasures of this life? I mean, everything we want is right here. 
so much earthly pleasure right within our grasp. Why do we give of ourselves for the cause of Christ? Why do we refuse to embrace the ways of the world and go against the grain? We have to lose ourselves in order to gain life in Jesus. We have to lose our identity to gain identity in Jesus. I'm glad that I have more than what this world has to offer because there is pleasure in this life, of course, but it's only for a season. There's coming a day when we have to stand before God and the only thing that will matter is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Luke 9.25 says, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits himself? There are millions alive today who have chosen to save their life of pleasure rather than die to self and live for Christ. They're consumed with only one thing, and that's the desires of this world. They're like the rich man in Luke 12, 19 and 20. And I say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Verse 26 talks about the prominence of life. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. In these final words, Jesus presents a profound and sobering realization those who accept him and in this life will be rewarded and the life to come those who deny him will be rejected sadly many in our day are ashamed to identify with jesus this is a strong word that implies a strong personality of those who possess it it literally means unwilling or restrained because of fear or shame ridicule or disapproval Many won't identify with the Lord because they're ashamed to identify and deny themselves and live godly in the presence of others. Many today are more concerned about the temporary approval of mankind than they are about the eternal approval of God. They would rather be accepted in this life, in the right now, and spend eternity in hell than to suffer ridicule and shame for Jesus. Jesus will return, just as he said, and when he does, he will judge those who rejected him. You might feel like you have a li- you have life all figured out. You may feel on top of the world, but one day you will stand before holy God in judgment. If you're ashamed of him in this life, He's going to be ashamed of you in the life to come. You will be rejected of the Lord and separated forever in an eternal condemnation and torment in hell. The life you live and the choices you make today could very well have eternal implications. If you reject the Lord today and die in your sin, hell will be your home. There will be no second chances or hope of reprieve. The lost will never enter the heavenly city. 
Jesus will declare unto you, Depart, I never knew you. My brothers and sisters, it may seem as if our efforts are in vain. You may feel as if you can't make a difference anyway. Let me encourage you to consider what you have in Christ. It will be all worth it. And when we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I think Matthew 19.29 sums it up best. It does for me anyway. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. So in closing this week, I know this sounded a little harsh, a little gloom and doom, but the benefits of God far outweigh the troubles we must endure in this life. Are you willing to step up and become a committed disciple? Things in this world are going to continue to get worse, but we can't abandon what the Lord Jesus has called us to do. I pray that we will make up our minds and make a difference in the time we have left. Maybe you're listening here today and you can't begin to follow Christ because you've never trusted Him in salvation. Now is the time. Now is the time for salvation. Now is the time to come to Christ and begin to live for Him. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can do that right now. I'll help you. Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness and your grace. Come into my life. Be Lord and Savior of my life. Wash me clean of my sins and give me the courage that I need to completely become a disciple of yours and follow your ways, no matter how hard it gets. I ask you this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.